Praise the Lord this morning. Psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I know I say that about every time I walk up here. I do that to remind myself that I am so blessed to be able to worship the God that we worship and the way that we worship him. We, uh, we don't realize sometimes, and I know this isn't, you all can be seated, I'll get to scripture in a minute. I know this isn't uh, Independence Day or any of those, and we're not uh, celebrating some of those things, but I, I was in prayer this morning, and I just couldn't help but overwhelmed by the liberties that we have. We look at the state of the world and say, what our country's coming to and what a mess and this and that, but I am so glad to have the ability and the liberty to come together and to worship my God. I was remembering a story recently of a, a missionary had told as a kid um, that was, was in the church visiting us, and he was telling a story of them having to sit on their hands because they'd get too excited and start clapping their hands. And if they got heard and somebody told on them, their church would be no more, they'd all be in prison or dead. I am so thankful this morning to be able to come together to worship, to lift up, to exalt an almighty God. Um, we're going to be in the book of Deuteronomy this morning. I'm going to start in verse chapter 6, start with verse 1. Uh, if we get there, we'll go to verse 7. We'll see how... How time goes and how far I get, um, but we'll be in the book of Deuteronomy starting at the, at the beginning of chapter 6, and I want to talk a little bit, it's Father's Day, and uh, normally on Father's Day we're talking about a father's love or um, how great our fathers are, what they've done for us. I want to charge ourselves as fathers, as yeah. men, uh, talk a little bit this morning about the obligation of continuation and the fact that it is our job, dads, gentlemen, um, and if, even if you don't have kids at home or don't have kids at home anymore or don't have kids, it's our jobs as men in the church to help to continue the doctrine with the young men. There, there's some young men here that are, are kids of ours. I've got a young man up there of mine that I hope will turn into a decent kid someday. Um, uh, there's a whole stack of kids up there, and some of them have got dads here, some don't. But the truth of the matter is that they all need some some role models to teach them, and I'll probably tell as many stories as I talk this morning. Um, being Father's Day, I, uh, I've been kind of in the story mode, thinking through the, the lessons that my grandfather and my father have taught over the years. I, I talked to, talk to my dad this morning a little bit, and I was, I was blessed to be able to do that and tell him, Dad, thank you for the, the role model you've been for me, the godly example you've been for me to even when it didn't look like I was going to turn all that great, uh, you were still there. And I'm thankful for that. And we're going to read in the book of Deuteronomy. I'm going to start reading now um, with chapter 1 or verse 1. I'll probably go ahead and read all the way through 7 and then we'll come back later. It says, Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. He 
is writing, God's speaking to his people here, and he's saying, there's some things that I need you to do to make sure that this that I'm giving you doesn't pass away. That it isn't just here for this generation, but that the next generation knows nothing of it. That it isn't just here for a little while, but, but that it goes away. And it's not simply just be a good example in front of your kids. That's, that's important. We have to do that. But it has to be more than that. It has to be intentional, and it has to be diligent. And I, I dare say that as, and, and I know I'm addressing to fathers today or to men, but it is, it is really the obligation to each of us as Christians to pass on the doctrine. I think there is a high level of importance uh, as we speak on this Father's Day that we pass on the doctrine to our children or to the children around us. Our, our pastor takes this close to heart as he's been involved in, in children's ministry for some, some time now. Um, we know, Brother Sharon, that it's important that we reach our children. The children of today are the church of not even tomorrow anymore. They're the church of right now. But they're going to continue to grow and they're going to continue to be the church far longer than I will be. I hope that when I'm gone or to the point that I can no longer uh, continue on, that my children are there following what I've done. I can, I can recall there came a time in my life that, um, if you don't know my story, I started pastoring very, very early. Uh, I was 23 years old. I was supposed to be a co-pastor with my grandfather, and he had a uh, massive heart attack. They had to do a five-way bypass. He wasn't going to be able to be at church for, for some time, so... Um, there I was, I was 23 in pastoring, so I made all the mistakes. I learned everything the hard way. Um, but as I did that, I began to see something that I hope to see in my children someday, is that my grandfather, I could, I'd go sit and talk with him because he wasn't able to be there. Um, and I'd tell him what I had preached that week or what had gone on that week. And then uh, there came a point he was able to come back to church, but never really walked again. So he'd be in his chair or on a really good day, maybe in his walker and um, he probably only preached three or four sermons after that in his life. And, uh, but I was blessed to have him sit there, and he, he would tell me later as we, it was near the end of his life, the last two or three or four days of his life, uh, we were, I took the kids over to see him on a Sunday afternoon, and we sat and we, we visited, and we just, we knew we didn't have many days left. So we're trying to, to get that, that visit and let way the kids could know, and, um, as we were chatting there, he said, I want to tell you something. And he, he brought up this passage of scripture. And this is why I chose this this morning. Is my grandfather, he begins to tell me this passage of scripture. And as he started, one of my kids, uh, Bible quizzing was over doctrine that year. And they knew that scripture inside, outside. And as my grandpa started talking, one of the kids goes off and quotes. And I think it was this, my memory's not great, but I think it was this same seven verses I just read. One of my kids goes and quotes that seven verses and my grandfather's face lights up, lights up because that's what he's talking about. And, and he was telling me, he said, I know that we did something right because your dad's in church living for God, doing awesome. He said, you, your dad has taught you and here you are. Uh, at this time, I am my grandfather's pastor. And he says, here you are, you're, you're my pastor and you're, you're teaching. And he was so proud. And he says, but I can see your kids and your kids are are learning, and it embodied what he was talking about, embodied what the scripture talks about, as uh, God's telling the people that you take your children and you, you teach them diligently. It's not something we drag them to church and, oh, well, there's that Facebook meme that says, when I was a kid, I had a drug problem. I was drugged to church, and, 
and drug home, and that's why I turned out like I did. Well, it's not enough just to drag the kid to church. Right. It's, I can't expect that my Sunday school teachers, and I'm so thankful for the Sunday school department. We have an awesome team. I can't expect that my Sunday school teachers be the only people that ever talk to my kids about God. I can't expect that my Sunday school, I can't come back and say, well, I don't know what happened. They went to Sunday school and they saw me live a decent life in front of them. I don't know why they're not living as they should. But he says you sit them down and you teach them diligently. He says you talk to them when you sit in the house and when you walk by the way and when you lay down and when you rise up. He says no matter where you're at or what you're doing, if you have an opportunity with your children, teach them about God. Teach them the commandments, the precepts, these things that are there that I've given you to tell you how to live your life. It's your job to pass it on. My grandfather, some two or three days after that, I think it was a Sunday and I think it was Tuesday night, at about, well, Wednesday morning at about 1230, just after midnight that he passed. And as we sat around campfire the rest of the night in the front yard, uncles and I, and we begin to discuss. My grandfather did a whole lot in his life. He was fairly accomplished. He could build a home like no one else. I'm beautiful. His quality was the best I've ever seen, probably because he was a very good machinist before he decided to change to building houses. Do everything with very tight tolerances and then start doing construction, and all of a sudden it's all just as tight and just as pretty beautiful homes. He, he worked on parts that went to space and built parts for F-15 Eagles. He did a lot of cool stuff. He started five churches in upstate New York and gave the better part of his life to ministry. His retirement was to come back to Piedmont and pastor another 22 years. But as we discussed that evening sitting around, none of those were his greatest accomplishment. None of those were the biggest thing that he did, but the biggest thing that he did was raise four young men and teach them how to live for God. Teach them how intentionally teach them that when situations arise and things come and life comes, that they knew how to continue on living as he had told them because he had been there. Now, we all didn't have that uh, opportunity, and some of us did and squandered it. I, I had some years with the two of the greatest men in my life, and I still made a lot of mistakes. There still came a point in my life that I turned my back on God and said, I, this isn't for me. Luckily, I got over it real quick, but it, it is so hard today for young people to make it. They face things that, I think Pastor said this weekend, as he was preaching, that our kids face things that we don't know about, that we may never know about. They, it's hard for kids today and probably harder than it was in my day, but it is our obligation to pass on that doctrine. My kids have to know that there is one way, that there's one God, that my Jesus isn't Jesus Jr. Or, or the third member of the God squad, that he is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. These things that we read in the Bible that we take and we say, oh, well, here's this and I know this and I, my kids have to know it and get it and grasp it and it has to be so important. We have to take a stand and teach our children on what they need. In verse 7, where we in our reading, says, Thou shalt teach them diligently. That means that it's not just something that we lackadaisically hope happens, but I make it a point to tell my kids, this is why we do this. This is how 
we do this. I, I was doing some research last night, and somewhere in there I came across the fact that almost zero Mormon children ever leave the Mormon church. Very, very, very few. And I wondered why they did that, and I looked, began to look, and I didn't look very deeply, um, but I began to look a little bit at the teaching that they do, and their children are taught from very early, very diligently, in, in school and at home, and it's, it's laid out, we teach them this, and we teach them this, and we teach them this, to the point that the author of the article I was reading said their, their children aren't taught, they are indoctrinated. The author was speaking poorly about that, but I I would dare say that I need to be more than just a living example, a living testimony to my children. That isn't enough. I need to sit with them. I need to speak the word into their lives. No matter what the world does or what their friends are doing, it's my duty to make sure that my children have that doctrine in their heart. My duty that my children know who Jesus is, what we believe and why. As I was preparing, I began to think of some of those things that I had learned and the ways in which I learned them. I remember I I learned them in different ways that we're not sitting in a Sunday school, the scripture quoted, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. It's in Ephesians. Um, I learned that in a cattle field. Sitting on a tailgate and my grandpa and I would go out and he'd He'd go park the truck in the middle of the field, and we'd sit on the tailgate, and we had these little, called them cow candy, but it was just little pressed up chunks of alfalfa and molasses or something to make it sticky and sweet. And we'd sit there and uh, stick them in the palm of your hand, and the cows would come and eat them off. And I thought it was the coolest thing, because a cow's tongue, if you've never felt it, feels kind of like sandpaper, and it's kind of a weird feeling, but it was, it was one of my favorite things as a kid. And about every evening, we'd go sit on the tailgate, and my grandpa and my dad and I, and maybe a cousin or two there, whoever was there, and we would sit on the back of the tailgate and sit there and, and feed cows. And I, I thought I was feeding cows, Pastor. Yeah. I thought I was out there uh, giving snacks to cows because giving snacks to cows was cool. But what I was really doing was learning. Because as I sat there and I let the cow lick the snacks off my hand, and I, I to this day I... I don't want to know what my grandfather paid in cow snacks over the years to, to teach me. But as we sat there and we, we fed cows, it was there that I learned one Lord, one faith, one baptism. I can remember the day. I said, Paul, my friend says that it's this, but I know that this is what we believe. Can you tell my why? And my grandfather and my dad began to teach as I sat on that tailgate. I can remember... I begin to seek the Holy Ghost and really looking at doctrine and trying to start to get that revelation for myself, not just what had been taught my whole life, but revelation for myself. I can remember uh, I was sitting on a tractor and I was, I don't know, older, probably 12, 13, something like that, and I, I had the hay rake and uh, I think my dad was, was bailing hay, my grandpa was probably mowing, the three of us were on tractors sitting there and we kind of pulled up under a tree and chatting while my grandma brought us some water. We hop off the tractor, sit on the same tailgate, same old Chevy. And as we're sitting there drinking water, I remember the blue water pitcher, the whole thing, but I can remember as we sit there and we begin to discuss, and it was there that I grasped for the first time for myself the revelation of the gift of the Holy Ghost and what that meant to me. 
I remember learning uh, how not to react when something upset me when I was saddling a horse and got my foot stepped on, mostly because I was not very gentle with horses and we had a couple ignorant horses. And I, I was trying to put the saddle on this horse and I don't know what I did, but I did something to it and it, it moved around and stomped on my foot and I went, I got mad and punched the thing and it runs off and Grandpa sits down. Now my Grandpa must have learned this early on. They said he had a temper as a kid, but I remember I have never, I never in my life heard him raise his voice in anger. Never saw anything cross. My dad never heard my grandfather raise his voice in anger. And as such, I never heard my dad raise his voice in anger. They, it was just something that was, that was learned there. And my grandpa said, now, son, what good did that do you? What did you get out of that? Did it, did it do you any good? And he began to teach me some lessons. Sure. I learned a lot more on the farm than I probably ever learned in a Sunday school classroom. I learned it in ways that Learned. I remember being tired, and I didn't want to do anymore. I, I was wore out. We'd been running cattle through the head chute all day, and doctoring and giving shots and making steers and whatever else we had to do that day. I, I don't really remember, but I remember I was I was tired. I've been chasing cows around all day, and it was hot and it was sweaty and it stunk in the barn loft there. And I was ready to go in. I said, "Paul, I think I'm gonna go into the house take a break." And, Quoted me a couple verses out of Proverbs that my kids are quoting this year. I learned that I didn't ever want to be a sluggard. I also learned that I didn't get any ice cream if I did be a sluggard, so I I stayed in the head shoot and I kept working cows. But I learned all these stories because at the time I didn't know that I was learning stories. I thought I was I thought I was working cows and cutting hay. I thought that's what I was doing. There were days I I laid under the truck with my dad, and I can remember when I, I got to be a, I'm not a mechanic, but I got to know how to spin a wrench because I was not a gentle driver when I started driving, and I had zero mechanical sympathy, so I burnt clutches and blew up rear ends and tore out transmissions and blew up engines, and I tore a lot of things up because I thought the gas pedal only went all the way to the floor, and you did that before you let off the clutch, and you didn't let off the clutch gently, you just dumped it, and that was how you drove. Um, so I tore up a lot of things, and I had a truck and two motorcycles. I required two motorcycles, because one was usually wrecked. Uh, and I learned a lot of things laying on the floor under that truck with my dad. I, I learned that sometimes it's better to be a little gentler up front than have to replace the transmission on the cold concrete without a lift. I learned that it was expensive to fix things, but that I had to continue to fix them because I broke them. Learned a, learned a lot of things that I thought I was working on motorcycles and fixing trucks. What I didn't know was I was intentionally being taught. I look back and it had to have been easier for my dad to send the motorcycle to the body shop and get it fixed or just tell me I couldn't have the thing. It had to have been easier for my grandfather to cut hay on his, by himself and stick a 12-year-old on the tractor and let him run through fence rows and tear up this and tear up that. I can remember his truck had been painted for a few weeks and to this day everybody says my grandfather did it and he did, he did do it but it was my fault that the bale spike on the tractor got ran through the bedside of the truck setting a bale of hay in it, 
uh, three or four weeks after a fresh paint job. I told him he was good. He was not. It had to have been easier for him to, to do those things, just do it by himself and leave the kid at the house. But he was teaching intentionally, diligently. And I, as we lay there, uh, we sat there as he lay there his, his last few days. And the last words that he gave were still diligently and intentionally teaching. Son, make sure that you take care of this. Make sure that this happens. I can remember saying, now make sure that you get propane in the tank at the church before the propane price goes up. That was one of the last things my grandfather told me. Make sure you get that taken care of. The propane's going to go up and it's going to be higher and more expensive. You need to do that now. Don't, don't forget that every year. Because he taught diligently and intentionally. I can't think that there's much more important than us passing on. Some of those things are just common sense, propane and the propane thing. There are some things that I need to pass on to my kids that are way more important than the price they pay for propane. Way more important than having to paint the bed of the truck again because the tractor run through it or having to replace the window because it got shot out with a 22. Or whatever else may have happened, I caused lots to happen. But in each of those times, it was teaching, and I think the most important thing that I was ever taught was the hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. It was, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place, and one accord. It was, and Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It was, teach them diligently unto thy children and talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. It was these things, this, this obligation that my grandfather and because of him my father had. My grandfather's father was, um, by all accounts, a pretty good guy, but he wasn't there. He and my grandmother were together, but my grandfather lived in St. Louis would come home maybe every other weekend for a day if it was a good week. Um, and my grandmother was with the kids on the farm. So they, my grandfather was, or my great-grandfather didn't, my grandpa didn't get this from him. My grandpa got this because he decided, hey, this is the dad I had and this is the dad I want to be. This is the teaching I had and this is the teaching I want to have. And um, my, because of that, my father, I couldn't ask for, for a better I, I texted Dad this morning. I said, there's no way I could have, if I was asking for the perfect dad, I couldn't have come up with as good as the one I've got. The teaching, because my dad took into him this, this obligation, as I uh, think it's on, yeah, on the screen there, this obligation of continuation that this is what the Word of God says and this is what my kids have to have no matter what. This is important. And because it's important, I have to be intentional and passing it to the generation that comes after. I, I think it has to be my duty, both as a father and as a Christian, that those that come after, these, these kids running around that are a headache half the time, 
it's easy to get that mindset of, man, the kids did this and they did that. And look at this mess and look at this. What are all these kids doing? I mean, sometimes church would just be easier if they weren't all running around. But I think it's our duty to be glad they're running around and to make sure that no matter what we do, that they do not perish from ignorance. We must make sure that our kids and the kids of the community that we, that we pull in, uh, we were speaking just the other day, I think Sister Lisa and I, she was excited that we've got a van and a bus that we can go pick up kids again. And I want to see them full, both of them, every morning, multiple trips. I want to see kids everywhere. But as such, I think it's our duty and our obligation to make sure that they don't perish from ignorance. That they continue to earnestly contend for the faith. I think it's important that this Father's Day, as we discuss, and um, uh, up until 8 o'clock last night, I had planned on teaching on the love of a father, but I, I was struck with this thought as I began to sit down and reminisce a little bit that every kid that comes in these doors, every kid that we run into, doesn't have the dad and the grandpa that I had. Some of us didn't. And as such, it's, it's our obligation. I know that my grandfather didn't have the same dad that he was to his children, but he came to that point and he said, this is what I had, but this is what I'm going to be. This is who I will be. I, I look at my dad that makes it a point to go pick up kids every Sunday, get them to church. He's not the... My dad likes peace and quiet and simple. Like, he doesn't drive a car with the radio on because it's not peace and quiet. And most of what he can find with the radio turned on, he's like, that's not music. Um, he, he likes, he's not a person, my own kids, he loves his grandkids. But I'm not going to send all four of them to dad's house by, with just him because after a couple days, he's going to be like, come get them. They've driven me insane. Um, but he makes a point to get in the van and go pick them up. Because he understands that it's our obligation to continue on the work. As the author here in Deuteronomy writes, and he gives these, reviews the Ten Commandments and begins to talk about some of these things. And as he does that, and he talks here in verse 7 of making sure that he's, verse 5, he's talking, love the God of the Lord with all your heart. He's telling us prior to, we have to live this. But then he gets to verse 7 and he begins to teach that it's our job and our obligation not just to live it, not just to know it. It's, it's one thing and it is important that we live for God, but it is more than that that I have to teach the generation that comes after. I have to train the generation that comes after. I have to make sure, and that is not just a, a thought, but that is my duty. This Father's Day, as we, uh, as we celebrate, and we've begun that, we had donuts and coffee in the back and, and uh, chatted a little bit, fellowshiped a little bit. And I didn't have any donuts. I'd like to say that's because they weren't on my diet and I was being good, but it's mostly because I ate like four cream horns in my office 30 minutes before that. and um, I just was already full. But I, I had a couple cups of coffee, and we hung out, and we visited, and that's all, all great. But as we celebrate Father's Day this year, 
Uh, that, that's an awesome thing to celebrate. It's a big thing being a dad. I think Brother Tyler said, one of the young men, he said, easiest job there is. And then laughed. I think that was one of the kids that just come in early. Dad wasn't there yet. Said, I'm going to be a dad soon. I'll have a donut. But uh, Tyler, it's not the easiest job there is. It's, uh, it is the most important. As we, whether there are kids or kids around us, as we lead a generation that will be there later, as we lead a generation that I hope to see lead, I know we'll see lead the church into the future long after we're gone. It is our job to continue on that that we've been taught to each of them. And it is not enough for us simply to live good in front of them. But it is our job. It is our obligation to be diligent, to be intentional. And all those moments that I had growing up that I... I thought I was just driving a tractor, or I thought I was just feeding cows, I thought I was just putting a saddle on a horse, all these things that I just thought I was doing. It was years later, really, the never probably really clicked till the evening my grandfather passed and we were chatting, and my dad and his brothers began to tell the stories of when they did those things. They began to tell the story of my dad's first car being painted and I still have the paint gun and the compressor they bought to paint it uh, telling the story of that car being painted and then a couple weeks later being painted again because my dad's brother borrowed it uh, and it needed painted again they begin to tell these these stories of the things that they learned though painting the car or learning how to change their brakes or change their oil or learning how to build a house these things they learned from my grandfather's they understood, and as they were talking, I began to understand that it was not the, here's how you do this, or son, I need your help to do this, but it was the intentional, let's take a moment, and while we're, while we're painting this car, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me explain to you, and it was that we read there in Deuteronomy in verse 7 of chapter 6, it's when you sit up, and when you lay down, and when you walk, and when you eat, what he's saying is, when you are living life and you are going through life, don't just be an example, but be a teacher. As we go through life, it is our job to be diligent to the ones that come after that in each place, in each time, in each day, that we teach the next generation to follow God. This evening or this morning, I know this wasn't uh, the direction I intended to go, but, but I think it is important that we, we leave with a, a renewed understanding that it's important in our interaction with the generation of tomorrow. And this Father's Day, I want to charge us that in each step, in each move, when we're eating dinner, when we're fixing something our kids broke, I've got one of those. I'm paying for my raisin. I've got a whole stack of projects, but Pastor, they're not all my breaking. Uh, Braden asked yesterday, Dad, when are we putting my dirt bike back together? When are we going to fix this? When can we? This is a new question. He's 15. He can get his motorcycle permit in a few months. 
if his mom allows that. And his new question is, Dad, when are we gonna when are we gonna get my motorcycle ready to go? It's been sitting a couple years. When are we gonna get it ready to go? Those moments are not gonna be. I can't let them be simply rebuilding the dirt bike motor or finishing the restoration on the motorcycle. He wants to got his plans for his first car and being my kid it can't have the motor that came in it so we as we pull that buy a car and pull the motor out and put a different motor in it he, uh, as we begin to do that it can't simply be putting a Chevy motor in a BMW but it's got to be teaching indoctrinating it's got to be let me tell you son about Jesus let me tell you what we believe and why we believe it because that is way more important than what car he drives or if his mom ever lets him ride the motorcycle. Way more important is my kid makes heaven his home that he does not perish from ignorance. Pastor. Amen. Thank you, Brother Littles. I'm thankful. Appreciate the reminder of the importance and obligation of continuation. We know at First Church we believe that if we can connect and continue, we'll have something to celebrate. It's not just simply a connection. It requires continuation. And we heard again today, not just for fathers, but for all of us as Christians, that continuation is required. He speaks to those that believed on him in John 8 and says, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. We can't be his disciples if we don't continue. Let's pray the Lord will help us. God, I pray today for every person here that you would give us the insight and understanding of the significance of continuation and the courage to continue. I believe that you will, and as we do, we'll celebrate in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We're going to take just a few moments break. We're going to have a great time in our worship service in just a few moments. We'll begin with prayer. We know that God is a prayer-answering God. God bless you.